0: And we are live. How are you doing today?
1: Good. Doing good.
0: Thank you for uh, doing this podcast again. Yeah. I'm sorry that we had to uh, redo it. No the problem. audio didn't quite record last time.
1: No problem.
0: How does everything sound? Good. Good? Okay. Yep. Um so what have you been up to since we last seen each other?
1: Oh, uh, basically the same old same old stuff. Uh work, um helping out in my daughter's gymnastics program um i judge competitive cheer so i've been doing some of that um just the the daily grind type stuff
0: um your daughter's in competitive cheer how old is she, she? my daughter's
1: in gymnastics oh gymnastics um she's six. Oh, okay she goes uh twice a week um to a place in mason and then i help coach out coach help out coaching <laughs> um some of the recreational like the y- young kids
0: okay um the last time she was here, she was showing my kids, like, a somersaults. And, oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: She'll show anybody who wants to watch <laughs> or doesn't want to watch. She'll still make you watch.
0: That's hilarious.
1: But um, then I judge middle school and high school competitive cheer.
0: Wow. So you're pretty busy.
1: Yeah. I'm very. Okay. And then I also, I haven't done any um, recently, but I do uh, liquor promotions. You do Liqu- what? Liquor promotions. Really? So you go to either liquor stores, restaurants, bars, um, and hand out samples of whatever... The sample is that night, different brands of liquor, um, night typically who here. Do you, who
0: do you do this for?
1: It's through a company called DBC. Um, so the liquor reps hire DBC to hire us. Oh, okay. And so there's events all over the state. You just wow. go around giving out samples. Wow. So that's, uh, one of the side jobs.
0: Wow. You, you have a couple, I know. Yeah. Um. Oh, by the way, your car looks very nice. Thank you. Thank <laughs> the you. The last time you were here, you were going to go shop for a new car. Yep. yep. Actually, you I had it picked, picked up. it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Thank do you, you. Do you like it? I love it. Yeah. I
1: absolutely love it. It's a
0: Kia, right? It's a Kia Telluride.
1: Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. I waited a couple months for it um, <laughs> with the shortages right now, but um, yeah. it's it was worth it. It's awesome. So.
0: It was because of the chip shortage, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We had to... Um, order it. And actually it's not even the car I ordered. The car I ordered wasn't supposed to be in for another like three months or so. Um, but this one had been ordered and then no one had spoken for it or the person changed their mind. I'm not really sure. Um, <laughs> but it was like pretty much exact same car I ordered. Wow. So I was like, yes, please. <laughs> like, I'll take is it, it,
0: is it fully loaded?
1: Um, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't pay for the higher trims with like all of the like extra extra stuff, yeah. Um, because the pretty much the basic trim had, I'm, well, I'm I'm one up from the basic. Um, everything that I wanted and all the other stuff, I was like, I I'm not gonna pay
0: that. That's one thing that's kind of crazy now. Um, because we bought a, a new truck like uh-huh. a, two years ago, I guess now. Um, and it's pretty much basic, but it has like everything you would need, yeah. like heated seats yeah, and it, it, heated steering wheel. I'm like, I'm that's all I need.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I when I went there, I was like, these are my. Thing like the minimums that I want, yeah. like features of the car, and, and whatnot. And um, he was like, "Well, you could pay more for all of that, plus all these extras. But you just you didn't list any of those extras in your like. This is what I want. So right. why would you pay more for it when you're right? The basic right. ones now are like loaded,
0: <laughs> right? It's
1: like that. There's no more like base model anymore like the base ones are loaded
0: do you know what's kind of crazy too is you can order a vehicle without like power windows or anything like you you could still order the crank like who would do that
1: oh my god i guess you have to pay for them to go out no
0: it costs more it It, costs more to special order yeah to special order crank windows it costs more
1: oh my gosh (laughs) that's odd i did have a, a power window go out one time and that sucked it was yeah. like the one time I was like, I wish I had manual. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you have air conditioning at least?
1: I did, but it was in the winter oh, okay. and it went well, out and it was like $400 to fix. So you can't go through a drive through No, <laughs> <laughs> no. So that was rough, but oh, wow. no, I love the car. You
0: know? That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm glad that you were able to get a car. It's very difficult now. Um, working at GM, I understand yeah. everything going on with the auto industry.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy.
0: Is your car made here in the United States? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know where? I don't. No. Okay.
1: I don't. Um, that is one thing about Kia, because I typically stick with more American-made yeah, vehicles. Yeah. Um, but Kia is technically foreign, I believe. But a lot of their, almost all of the jobs are here.
0: Okay. So um, their assembly their So assembly everything's, where, yeah. yeah. Um, that's one thing people are like, well, I, I want to buy an American-made car. That's why I'm going to stick with Ford, GM, Chrysler. And it's like, uh, they are made here. But all the parts come from overseas. Like, <laughs> exactly. hence why we're having this chip shortage. Exactly, like They come across, they come over, you know, overseas. It's, exactly. Or they'll be made in Mexico and yep. then they ship them here.
1: Yeah, that it, that mentality isn't exactly, like, it's not possible yeah. anymore.
0: Yeah, it's not.
1: Everything is going to come from somewhere. Yeah. You know, like yep. I said, you can keep... um. For me, it's more like getting people the jobs and and whatnot here. Yeah, yeah. Um. But as far as the like, you're never gonna find a car that's 100% American jobs, parts, yeah. everything. Yeah, it's impossible. It's like, yeah,
0: it's impossible, gonna impossible because unless you are making the parts yourself, <laughs> like the company, like if GM has like a right a plant where they make each part, they right. they have to order them from other com- exactly. countries. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Is, uh, what do you think about this whole supply supply problem?
1: It's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's a problem. Um, I think we didn't. Well, it wasn't as known to us how much we actually do get in yeah. from other areas until recently, when the shelves are empty, you're ordering it, things and it's taking weeks. Yeah, and it's, it's never scary. taken that, Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I did a um, I used shipped typically and okay. um my last few orders it's not their fault i mean everything's out of stock yeah i got a text for almost everything i ordered asking what i wanted to substitute or this was out of stock or that was out of stock yeah and then what you are buying you're paying so much more yeah for than you used to yeah so it's it's not good
0: we do the car side pickup yeah and um same thing. They're like, this is out of stock. It's like, why do we even do a grocery <laughs> list? Like, this is ridiculous. I know. You
1: almost now have to go and just like look around like, okay, what's here? Like, <laughs> yep. What can we make work yeah. with what the store has? And
0: like we, my kids drink lactate milk uh-huh. and um, which is super expensive to begin with, but they yeah. there's a shortage of it right now. Really? Yeah. You can't find it. It's kind of crazy. It's like, it's just, like how m- would this be? It's milk. Like a year ago we were dumping milk out because right. they couldn't get rid of it.
1: Right. No, I think it's a huge issue.
0: <laughs> it's yeah. It's a huge problem. This episode is brought to you by Red Bike Delivery. This delivery service operates only using battery-powered, eco-friendly transportation. Red Bike Delivery is there for all your delivery needs, whether it's dinner for the family, flowers for your partner, or new houseplants for your new collection. Red Bike Delivery will gladly deliver those and everything in between. So what are you waiting for? Check out Red Bike Delivery on Facebook or Instagram for more information. Red Bike Delivery, because there's only one Earth. Um, so let's get into your story a little bit. Yeah. Um, you came here before and you, you shared a little bit about your fitness journey. Um, you shared a little bit about what it's like being a fighter of a, or a wife of a fighter, (laughs) not a fighter, definitely not not a fighter. I mean, maybe in some (laughs) aspects you are. yeah. Um, so yeah, let's talk about that first. Let's kind of get a little bit of who you are, where you're from. Are you from the Lansing area?
1: Yeah. I grew up in Mason my whole life, lived one house, uh, whole life, um, I was a cheerleader all the way through pretty much um, from middle school on, I did, did that competitively. And then once I graduated, I went to um, Michigan State and then actually started coaching at Mason um, for the middle school cheerleading team. So I was doing that while in college. I went to Michigan State for a bachelor's in kinesiology, exercise science, um, and then continued to coach for about five years um, after I graduated Michigan State, I went I worked at Sparrow for a little while. Um, I worked in a nursing home for a little while. Um, I think we talked about that last time, the one yeah. actually just down the road. Um, and that really kind of set me off with what career path I wanted to go. Um, I did the bachelor's in Kin thinking I was gonna do P T O T, but then um I took some time off and then during the course of just different working different jobs while still planning to go back. Um, I realized I liked the administrative side of healthcare and I was good at it. Um, when I was at Sparrow, I was getting pulled to all different areas. I was actually there when they did their Epic. Um, and they brought in Epic, which is when they went full EMR, they got rid of Mm -hmm. all paper charts, went full EMR. And I was getting, what was that like? It was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Actually smooth for being as big as Sparrow is in all the outpatient and inpatient and all of that. Um, but I was working with several different areas, like, fixing all of the problems they had with Epic. And I was just a per diem employee. Mm-hmm. Like I did not even have full-time status, but I was working more than full-time and just helping out. And I realized I liked that side of it. And then when I got that job at the nursing home, that was all billing related and admissions and management and whatnot, and actually really enjoyed it. Um, and then from there I went on to get my master's in healthcare administration and management. Um, there's a subspecialty in finance. And then I went on to work at the state. Um, the first job I had was investigating Medicaid fraud, um, which is eye-opening. <laughs> to, in, just, in what ways? To say the least, how much there is. Really? Yeah. Yeah, there's, um, they estimate between 3 and 10% of all Medicaid claims are fraudulent. Wow. Which is a lot. And when you think about, you know, that's coming out of both federal funds and taxpayer funds to mm-hmm. pay for Medicaid which is which I'm not disputing um but when you think that 10% of that is potentially going to fraudulent billing it's That's a little crazy. bit eye-opening um and I did the billing side there was another side of the house that did like beneficiary side where the food Somebody stamps did. and okay. yeah people are saying they qualify for more than they do um, I was on the provider <clears throat> billing side so when you get doctors therapists all these these people that are, Medical professionals and overbilling the Medicaid system—it's um, kind of nuts.
0: That is kind of crazy, and that—that's a huge problem with uh, with doctors and like like dentists. Like they they always want to try to suck as much as they can from insurance companies. Mm-hmm. And um, I've personally seen it, like with my wife. She's gone to uh, the dentist before, and they're like. Well, since it's getting close to the end of the year, like we might as well use whatever you have on your insurance. And it's like, what? Why? Like, what if you need a like a an emergency, like like right. some sort of procedure? Right. Then you have nothing.
2: Yeah.
1: It's in the the like rings that we would find between doctors, pharmacists, um, specialty doctors, like all working together. Wow. In billing and. Yeah, it was. That's crazy. It was a very interesting job. I mean, it was a lot of, you know, you'd run the data, you'd go on site, interview, you know, and not that everyone we interviewed was committing fraud by any means. Right. Um, right. And, but typically we'd either get information from complaints from the public or we'd run data and find outliers. So if there's one doctor billing a crazy amount more than other doctors in that specific code, um, that doesn't mean they were committing fraud, but it was, let's look at this you know, and try to, and some of them were, and some of them weren't.
0: Would your job have anything to do with like doctors who would, um, say like a a patient needs a procedure, but they didn't really need that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we had, uh, like some medical professionals, nurses and whatnot that would review that information. And if it was, you know, offhand onesie twosies then you know, that's not a huge deal, but when it's, over and over and over again. And and they're billing three times as much as the other doctors in that same specialty, that code, you know, you have to kind of wonder what's happening there. Right. Um, And then there's also a difference. There's fraud, waste, and abuse, right? So fraud is intentional. Waste is, it's not needed. Right. And so you have to kind of figure out which one it falls in that category too, where fraud, you know, you can go through legal charges um, where, waste you know you may make come to the point where you can't build medicaid anymore or things like that okay um but you're not charged criminally
0: and you enjoyed that so
1: it was interesting yeah i i enjoyed the data side of it okay um I'm not as good. I, I don't, the, I've
0: never heard anybody say I enjoy data.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, haven't met me. I'm, um, my husband makes fun of me all the time because if there's anything that I can make oh. a spreadsheet out of, I will. Anything. I'm like, oh, like, let's make a spreadsheet out of this. He's like, we don't need a spreadsheet. I'm like, I need a spreadsheet. You don't have to look at it. Like, I'm oh, a data enthusiast.
0: So does that make you pretty organized? Are you pretty organized generally?
2: Mm,
1: no. No? <laughs> You'd think that I would be, um, but- No, I'm, I'm scatterbrained a lot of the time, but then with like numbers and data and you get that in front of me and I'll zero in (laughs) and like focus on them. And now with my job at the state, I write queries on the data. And so it's like code, essentially SQL language. And, um, where if you miss a comma in the whole code, it breaks the whole thing. Like it's very tedious, but I can be like zoned in on that and And looking at it. How did you learn that? How did you learn that? from coworkers and whatnot, just on the job Wow, going through it. And actually really, I never thought that I would like that. And I thrive off of it where I cannot, if you give me, um, where like my husband likes case law and you know, he wants to read through all of that and I will glaze over in about five seconds. (laughs) And even when he talks to me about the case law, I'm literally, I'm staring at him, but it's like, nah, nothing's coming through. But then like you get at me in front of data and the spreadsheet and whatnot. And I'm there zeroed in.
0: I know that we before talked about how you have uh, anxiety mm-hmm. uh, a lot. Does a job like that create anxiety? And do you find it difficult? Like if you had a day where you, like maybe you wake up and you're a little bit anxious and you have to go to work, does it make your job difficult?
1: When I did the fraud job or Any, just anything, anything, anything that's
0: like analytical,
1: the analytical, that's like a relief for me. Oh, okay. Um, that's where if I feel stressed out with work, Then in emails and meetings and um, I like put that to the side and I'll only do data because that for me is like a calming effect.
0: Because you can kind of like zone in. Yes,
1: I can just like concentrate, be in my element and be good where the constant emails and meetings and getting pulled in different directions and that's what brings out the anxiety where I'm like a puzzle solver I like solving puzzles, and that's what the data is for me too.
0: That brings it back to the last conversation we had. You guys said you were doing a puzzle on um, what was it, Christmas or?
1: Oh yeah, we did a five hundred piece Rapunzel <laughs> puzzle. Uh, we're on. We're now on Peter Pan. Uh, it we're, was. We're about halfway through with the Peter
0: Pan. It one. was hilarious watching Michael talk about it because he's he's a fighter. Yeah. So he's like, you know, we sat home and did a puzzle. I'm just a, like, a, a Rapunzel. Yep.
1: <laughs> yep, that's what we do, and and that's my personality I like doing that stuff so for me the data it's I analyze it I figure out a solve a problem you know I can I like to just dive in and solve things um where the other stuff is more overwhelming to me that's what triggers the anxiety
0: it probably makes your job a little bit more meaningful because Mm -hmm. you have like like you said a puzzle to solve like like for me I go to work I put parts on a car and I go home it's like it's the same thing every day day in day Mm -hmm. out there's nothing different about it it's not Impactful. I mean, yeah, I'm building cars for somebody who needs a car, but it's uh-huh. like, like you don't see the customer, right? You you don't like associate it with somebody. It's just right. an object that you're building, mm-hmm. and so for me, it's just like just a job. But like for you, you know, you go to work and you're you're doing something kind of impactful for yourself.
1: Yeah, it's it. My, I like my job. I like what I do. I like why I do it. You know, our our work directly impacts people who are receiving services on our program. You know, we we have, um, we used to sit down and have meetings, not meetings, but like get togethers with some of the beneficiaries in our program. And so like hearing their stories saying this program changed my life. I would be in a nursing home if it wasn't for this program. You know, those are the the things that sometimes when we get stressed out, we have to bring ourselves back to, like, this is why we do what we right. do. Um, this is, <clears throat> this is who we're helping. The downside of that is some there's there's some days that I envy people with jobs like yours because I'll be at 10 o'clock at night thinking about what work I still need to do right and it never ends and if I don't do this what is it going to impact what's the downstream impacts of this like it's an ongoing thought process
0: yeah I there there's definitely ups and downs to it right like for me it's it's good, but it's bad at the same mm-hmm. time. Like I'm at work and like I, I do a podcast. So like I'll put in my headphones and I'll listen to other podcasts yeah. and then I'll think about like, okay, how can I like revamp my podcast? Yeah. So I'm always constantly like thinking about like myself <laughs> and like what I can do to better it. But like a job like yours, you can't really, you don't really have time to reflect mm-hmm. on like your life and like goals and like while you're working, like you got to no. focus dire- directly on that.
1: Yeah. There's, it's a very busy job. I mean, I I obviously can't speak for every position in the state of Michigan, but my team, like we bust our asses every single day. And if anybody is out for, you know, maternity leaves or whatever, I mean, there's no, there's no hesitation. Like everyone's just like, yep, I got it. I got it. Right. You know, and, and that's, that's why we function the way that we do, you know, and I love my team for that exact reason. Yeah. Um, I, Just in last May, I got moved up and I manage a team now and there's four girls that I help out with and, um, they're the same way. Like it's, it's fantastic. Everybody's like, what do you need me to do?
0: Yeah, it's always a shitty thing when you get somebody who's uh, like a shitty team team member and then they don't want to pick up extra slack while you're yeah. struggling. while well, everyone else uh, is drowning. Yeah. And
1: there's really none of that. Like, there's nobody that's like, that's not my job description. That's or like, awesome. You know, everyone's just like, okay, uh, I'm a contract manager. Today I'm doing quality <laughs> or today I'm doing like, you know, whatever. You
0: guys obviously aren't union.
1: N- no. Yeah. There because- is state of Michigan people who are, um, but our positions are not. I don't know exactly how that how they determine which ones are and aren't and all of that. But
0: um at our at our job, if like somebody doesn't show up and there's nobody on a job, people are like, I'm not doing I'm not doing two jobs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not doing extra.
1: Mm -hmm. Actually I was on paper doing two jobs for like two and a half years.
0: And you didn't get paid any extra? No.
1: One year I did. I worked out of class for a year. Um, in, so like on paper, I was working out a class in that higher up job, but I was still, I never gave up the old job. Oh. So you, I had. You chose to do that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, I had two positions and then the, the plan was after a year, then I would move into that position permanently. Okay. But right at that same time, they were, you know, getting ready to post it, all of that. And then COVID hit, hiring freeze everything basically stopped, but the work doesn't stop. Right. So I could have said, I'm not getting paid for that job anymore. I'm not doing it. But all that does is now impact my team.
0: Because they got to pick up. Because somebody has to pick up the slack. Yeah.
1: Or if no one does it, it's going to impact us. And then if that doesn't get done, it's going to impact the people receiving services. So like there was times that it was extremely stressful, but I couldn't sleep at night just being like, nope, you're not paying me for it. I'm not doing it. And there were lines. I mean, I had conversations with my boss towards the end of the two years of doing it without the, um, the title or the pay that I was like, I need to prioritize myself. And there might be some things that fall through because I just, I'm one person. Right. 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 You know, so I, I did have those lines, but also to the extent that I could, I kept up with the work because there's no one else to do it. And if I said no, then it's going to fall in somebody else's lap. Right. So
0: it, and then it makes you feel shitty. And
1: then, yeah, (laughs) I'm not going to feel good about myself. And actually that work was the work that I enjoyed the most. Okay. So it was like, I had to prioritize what my actual job was first. Right. But then that was also a little bit of like relief from my actual job. So it was, I mean, it was a juggling act for sure. (laughs) Um, but that's, and I find that about most people that work there. It's like, if you work in public service, you're not in it for the money, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah.
0: Is it, is it good pain? It is. I, okay. It
1: is. Um, but like me personally with the master's degree and the experience I have, I could go to the private sector, especially right now and make with a lot of jobs money. being so, uh, or companies needing to fill positions. I could right. negotiate for much uh, higher probably uh, than what I'm making, you know? Um, and so it, it, it is good pain and we have good benefits and all of that, um, for sure. But, in this world currently, with everybody fighting for employees, um, I could leave and walk away at the private sector much higher.
0: But working in the public service, you kind, you're you kind of always guaranteed a job, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, you're not going to get laid off. No, um very, if you very, very do does that happen. I mean, obviously, COVID was like a big sign of that, right? Yeah. Like, of what is actually important and what's not.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: they still had you guys working, right? You yeah. started working from home.
1: We just went home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually, productivity went up. When everyone at really? home, mm-hmm. which is why um, all areas that can be home pretty much are home I still.
0: He- I heard something about that. How um, a lot of the state workers aren't coming back to nope. offices because, for one, they don't have to pay for for right. rent or whatever. Right. Um, they and save the overhead. Yeah, it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. And how do you think that's going to affect like Lansing? Because a, a lot of the like the downtown businesses kind of rely on the state workers t- to go out for lunch or dinner. They do,
1: and and it will affect them, but you also have to give away the the pros and cons and the benefits and, and whatnot. And um, as much as that is going to be tough on those businesses, to me, it's not enough to justify paying all of that overhead coming out of essentially taxpayer money yeah. when everybody can do the same job at a higher productivity from home. Like uh, it's a, kind of, I don't know, it, it, it is going to impact them. And that, that is unfortunate. But. I think,
0: I think it just requires people to have to revamp the mm-hmm. way they do things. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you can't depend solely on people who come to work right. Monday through Friday, right? At, you know, from like six to whatever, five right. or whatever it is. Um, you got to like target your, a different a different market.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what's happening with COVID across the board. Like no matter what the situation is, people are having to change how they live, change how they do business. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of part of the ever evolving market right now.
0: I think COVID was really good for a lot of people as far as like having to figure out, okay, I I don't like the job I'm working, so I'm going to quit and start a business Mm -hmm. or I'm going to use this to get in shape because I'm not, I'm not fit. Um, I could get COVID and I could die. Yep. Um, Unfortunately, I don't think too many people made that choice, but no, there were some people who did.
1: And I do think that um, we could have, as a society and media and, and whatnot, taken a, a little bit of a different direction um, with COVID. And we could have highlighted healthy tips, we could have highlighted yeah. the benefits of eating healthy and um, working out and yeah. being at a, a good place in your body and how that's going to help you with COVID. I mean, yeah. there was, we, we missed an opportunity there, I think as a society.
0: Yeah. I think we were too focused on uh, what could happen like deaths and, mm-hmm. and now it's the vaccine. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, there's always like some sort of narrative mm-hmm. that they try to push. Like you need a mask up and you need to be six feet apart. And mm-hmm. You need to, well, I, don't, I don't remember some of the narratives that they were pushing back then, A but lot. there was so many things that kept coming out. And it's like, why aren't you talking about working out or right. like losing, like getting skinny or not skinny, but you know, losing weight? Mm-hmm. There's so, America's so overweight.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's like the num. I think they came out and said Obesity's is the number one indicator that you're going to be hospitalized for COVID.
2: Yeah.
0: um,
1: And we didn't, we still haven't exp- like talked about that whole realm. No. And that, you know, the mask up, the stay home, stop the spread. I, I understand all of that, but we never once started to take responsibility for ourselves and our own health. Right. We're always saying, you know, don't spread to somebody else. Somebody else could spread it to you. So don't go I here.
0: Think, I think some of it has and, to do with like fat shaming too. Like the, they don't want to fat shame somebody. Like if you're telling somebody mm-hmm. that, you know, you're overweight, you need to lose weight. Cause you could, um, you could get COVID and you could die. Mm-hmm. And but,
1: to me, it, it's not, you don't have to take that route. Right. I mean, it, it's a different thing to say, like you need to physically be healthy
0: mm-hmm.
2: than
1: to say, go get skinny. Right. Right. I mean, those, those are two very different messages Yeah. and you can be overweight,
2: Yeah.
1: but still in a health, more healthy category. I mean, it's, it's about yeah. a healthy weight, not a, what society deems as a, like on a cover of a magazine Yeah. weight or, you know, like right. that's, We can go into a whole conversation about fat shaming, but this is more like, are you physically healthy Well, regardless of your weight?
0: You don't need to be an athlete, right? Like, I mean, obviously you're married to an athlete, so like, I'm sure that that provides like a whole new level of fitness for you. Like, Mm -hmm. like you probably push yourself way harder because you live with somebody who's pushing himself really hard. It's just kind of a given, right? Right. Um, but for some people is you just need to do something, mm-hmm. get off the couch, your home, mm-hmm. get off the couch, stop watching TV. Right.
1: Well, and I think, I mean, we, we had this conversation the last time that when COVID hit and we all didn't know and, and whatnot, I was skinny. I wasn't fat. Yeah. I wasn't in shape. Yeah. Like it, that's where I say like there's, there's a you, whole different conversation. Was there a of,
0: difference in how you felt? Cause I, obviously like a lot of people would probably look at you and be like, Oh, you're, you're fit. You're in shape. You're skinny. Is, was there a difference in how you felt, like, as far as, like, like health-wise? Did you feel healthier? Oh, less? yeah.
1: it. I would get all of the time people, like, you need to go eat a cheeseburger, and, like, all those comments. Like, you're so skinny, and, which I was always like, okay. Um, <laughs> like, what, <laughs> I do eat cheeseburgers. I don't know what you want me to say. Um, but also, like, that you promoting that, saying that I'm so skinny or, or whatnot, like, I'm not, that's not promoting me to get healthy. Yeah. I wasn't healthy just because I was skinny and I felt tired all the time. I didn't feel strong at all. I was in like a blah, just going through life, like never really feeling like that. I feel really good. Right. Like it was just like, I'm fine. Right. You know, and then once I started to get in shape and it was like this whole other world reopened back up of like, I'm strong again. Yeah. I'm capable. Again, it builds I, confidence. Yes. I have confidence. I have energy. Yeah. You know, I want to now eat better. I want to go walk instead of drive. Like right. it starts opening that door up and it's a whole different mentality. So not only was I physically getting in shape, but the, the mental aspect of it was also huge. And especially with anxiety, like that's a yeah. huge relief.
0: Um, We talked about it before, but what is anxiety like for you? And, um, I know beforehand you had said that before you started working out and getting in shape, uh, anxiety was kind of worse. You would have panic attacks and Mm -hmm. whatnot. And you haven't really had any Mm -hmm. since.
1: So yeah, I've always, I've had panic attacks. My first one was, I was 10 years old. Um, and it was over homework, I think.
0: Um, what is a panic attack like? Like, what does it look like
1: for me? It it can look different for everybody, but for me, it becomes, my heart races extremely fast. Um, sometimes my hands go numb. Sometimes my face will go numb. Um, and the, the thought processes are unexplainably fast. Like you're jumping from thought to thought to thought to thought in a way that I can't even, it's like rapid fire. And but they can be all different. They can be related. They can be from... You're, you don't even finish one and your mind is on to the next one. Wow. And like you, you can't, and, and for me too, it's almost like a out of body experience a really? little bit because it's like, you don't feel like you're in your own body cause you don't feel in control. Like there's that lack of control of what's happening in your brain and in your body is, can be terrifying.
0: What do you think that is? What do you think like a panic attack is?
1: I think it's, um, just the, for me, it's like almost an anxiety overload because I will go for weeks and not feel like I'm anxious or I would, because I'm shoving it down. I'm like telling myself not to feel those feelings. And then my body's like, nope, we're going to feel those feelings, (laughs) but it's going to come out in the form of a panic attack. And so it would, it's almost like an, like in a volcano, you let it build and then it explodes. And over the years, I've learned how to process those, how to basically feel the feelings before they come out. Um, part of it is I've always had a very overachiever personality. So if something's not perfect, if I fail at something, it can set off like a spiral. And it's, um, I well, I shouldn't say, it's not always overachiever, but it's, a, I have a do-it-all personality I can be a mom and work four jobs and keep the <laughs> house clean and cook dinner every night and work out and I can do all these things yeah. and if I don't I'm a failure mm. like and we all know that that's not true right like we all know logically nobody can do all those things and not have a break right but there's a piece of me that's always like I can do more I can do more I can be more and so, if I'm not I'm failing
0: so like if you sit down To relax, your mind's probably always going Mm -hmm. about what, what I can, like, Mm -hmm. what can I be doing right now? Yes,
1: always. My wife's that way, it irritates me. And Michael's always (laughs) like, my husband's always like, sit down, like, you need to relax. Yeah. We can do the dishes later. Like, it's fine. You need a moment to just relax. And actually, typically those moments of relaxing for a while, I avoided because I knew I was stressed and I knew if I sat down and let my mind relax, I was going to have a panic attack. Wow. So I would just avoid it which isn't good either right? You're, it's going to happen at some point. right? Um, you have to learn how to process them as they go. And working out is huge for me with that. If I start to feel anxious or, or whatnot, I can go downstairs, kind of let it out. Um, and I, I had my panic attacks pretty well under control, even not working out. But then when COVID hit, all of my coping mechanisms, all of my routine, everything that I used to survive on, to avoid panic attacks was gone. You know, there's always those things that you think you can count on. Right. I'm going to go to work every day. Right. I'm going to go, I'm going to be able to see my friends if I need a release. I'm going to be able to do this. And with COVID, all of that went out the window.
0: Especially when you're at home, And like you said, your, your daughter was there and you're trying to do your job. And then you're looking at all the things you need to do around the house. And you're like, this is just super overwhelming.
1: I couldn't keep up. And then you turn on the news and it's just like everyone dying. Like that's, that's all that you're hearing. Yeah. And so, and this, so you think
0: you're going to be next.
1: Right. And we didn't know at the beginning of COVID, like we thought it was going to just take everybody out, you know, we didn't know. And so to deal with all of that at one time, you know, she's talking to me, I'm trying to keep doing my job. My job got um, not harder, but more things because of COVID, you know, are put on us. Mm-hmm. And then Michael's trying to do his job right You know, across the room. for so we're both on conference calls. She's watching cartoons and singing and we're yelling at her to be quiet. And <laughs> it just wasn't a good um, environment yeah. for anybody. And that's when for me, it really started to set off again. And that's why I, I got back into working out. That was my 30 minutes of like, I'm closing the door. Locking it. Nobody come in here. Nobody (laughs) talk to me. Like this is my time, and I just I fell in love with it. And then I started to see the changes. I started to feel the changes mostly, and I got addicted. I got addicted to those feelings. Addicted to the high. Addicted to watching my body transform. And addicted to like, oh, I used to do this with five pounds. Now I'm doing it with ten. Yeah, like that. That progress just became my focus that was now my addiction is watching myself and what i was capable of unfold yeah and i i kind of talked about on the last one but part of that too before um is like before i met michael and um about a year prior i was going through a divorce and so for me emotionally that was um, that was a pretty rock bottom you know it was was, how, how could it not be? Right. I mean, I was <laughs> I living everyone- on my own for the first time in my life <clears throat> with a kid. Um, and I mean, shared custody, but just, yeah. I never, I had so many doubts on if I could do that. Can I survive? Can I make it work? Um, can I be a single parent? You know, can I walk away? Like there's so many doubts that I had in my mind. And then I, I got through all of that and I came out stronger on the other side. And so I think I in that process, taught myself, like, I can do hard things. I am capable. If I can get through that, what like throw at me whatever you want to throw at me. I mean, I was almost, um, not numb, but just kind of like, I can get through anything right now. Like, nothing's going to hurt me at this point. I just went through the worst of the worst. Yeah. So, you know, and, and that kind of opened the door of, like, things that I never thought I could do. I did.
0: There's so many people that go through situations like that, like a divorce or even a death of somebody. Yeah. And then they, they let it define who they are. And it's tragic, I think, because you could always take a situation um, no matter how tragic it is mm-hmm. and turn it and use it for, for the good to mm-hmm. better your life or to help other yeah, people. Absolutely. Instead, a lot of people, I know some people, um, they talk about it all the time. They they never get out of that space because mm-hmm. it that that moment defined them mm-hmm. and and it just it hinders the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. It hinders other relationships, their everything. Yeah.
1: And I think you fully you have to go through the full process of what you went through too. Like you have to go through the denial, the grief, the anger, the sadness, the if, if you don't
2: feel in the
1: healing. Because if you if you don't feel all of it. You're not going to heal, yeah. In my opinion, yeah. You you have to hit that low point. You can't put it off. You can't try to numb it, right? With whatever you're using to numb it, yeah. You have to actually go through it and feel it, and then once you do, you can come out on the other side. And I think right. a lot of people that's what they don't <clears throat> do. They try to avoid those feelings because they suck, right? They do suck. It's <laughs> not easy. <laughs> they they suck. Yeah. Um. I went to therapy. It was a godsend. Like, I I, I literally will tell anybody no matter what you've been through to go to therapy one time in your life, like the doors I, that opened for me, you have to find a good therapist yeah, um, yeah. for sure. You have to find one you connect with and sometimes it takes a few. Yeah. Um, but it opened so many different thought patterns yeah. for me that I never knew existed. You
0: almost need just someone to talk to so, yeah. and someone who is trained to just kind of communicate with you yes. and explain to you how you're feeling and like, like, okay, this is what that is. Right. Maybe you should try this. And then, I, I went to therapy, mm-hmm. um, a couple of years, well, about five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it completely changed, like changed me and helped me. I mean, yeah. before that I was like such a, like, I don't know, I was angry, like angry yeah. all the time. Like I had pent up anger and ang- I don't, I wouldn't say anxiety, but like I'd be anxious about things, you know? Um, and it, it helped me. Like I, now I feel I feel great. And it's not like this magical thing. No, it's like, no, it just helps you realize what issues you have and what you can work on. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And
1: sometimes when you say something out loud and then you're like, Oh, that sounds different than it did. (laughs) I sound like an idiot in my head. Like, you know, when I was going through, um, a really, my really anxious period during COVID, um, where it was virtual school, still working from home, you know, trying to do all of the things. And I was like, I remember telling my therapist, basically, like, I should be able to do it all. Like, I don't understand why I can't do it all. And, and she said, if your daughter came to you with what you're telling me, that she's struggling to do all of these things that you just listed to me, what would you, would you tell her that she's failing? Or would you tell her that she's trying, but nobody in their right mind can honestly do all of those things? And she said, stop putting that expectation on herself. And so when she flipped it to what I would tell my kid, which I would say, you're like, what are you talking about? You're doing fantastic. (laughs) You're killing it. You're killing it. And she's like, why aren't you telling that to yourself? Like, flip this. Right. Because you're teaching her right now that it's okay to to beat yourself up over the fact that you're not doing it all. Right. You're not teaching her to rest. You're not teaching her that you need breaks.
0: You're not teaching you're teaching her that it's okay to like feel not like you're not doing enough. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Like she's like you're teaching her that it's <clears throat> this overwhelmed feeling is normal yeah. and that you should just always be in the state of panic that like, Oh, there's more to do more to do more to do <laughs> instead of like, Hey, uh, mom needs to sit down for a while and that's okay. Right. And when it flipped like that and we start talking to ourselves, like we would talk to our kids or our loved ones, you know, if we, if they came to us with the same problem, I think that's a different perspective and we're always our own toughest critics. Oh yeah. You know, we absolutely. always beat ourselves up and yep. When you start making your body your friend and your mind your friend, that's when things start to shift. Yeah, and and not everyone's perfect. I mean, I still have days, of course, but I've learned to treat myself like I would someone that I cared about. Could yeah, do right yeah. and, but you have to be cognizant of what you're saying to yourself and that it is impacting then your thoughts and your actions and your feelings.
0: So when you have a morning where you wake up and you're, you're feeling a little anxious and you feel a little stressed out, what do you do? Do you just work out? Yeah, what work kind of out, What kind of workouts do you do? Lifting. Lifting.
1: Yeah. Um, if I'm like a power lifter. No, but I won't do a cardio workout.
0: Okay. Why not?
1: Um, it just doesn't. You
0: feel like you're in your mind a little bit more.
1: Yeah. I I, I don't know. I just I don't get the same benefit out. I like doing cardio on days that I wake up like energized and like i'm i'm good where the the lifting i put on loud music and like i just go
0: i feel like when whenever i'm like in a mood um i'm gonna say mood because i don't feel like i get like anxiety Mm -hmm. that often like i'm pretty easy going as far as that goes Mm -hmm. um but like if i'm like 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 upset about something or whatever um i feel like lifting helps expend like all that energy and then you can come back to whatever it was and feel okay.
1: Yes, that's that's how it is. Yeah, for me too. And I'll lift heavier. You know, just there's something about that for me. Um, I know some people it's running, um, but for me it's it's always lifting. Um, we have a sauna, and which I'm jealous of. <laughs> <laughs> I that actually, one. Um, for people with anxiety, if that is actually huge sauna, uh huh, um, because you're. I've actually gone in them in the middle of a panic attack before because your mind now shifts on the mechanism of cooling yourself off. And so you're now focused on your breath, hot, you're sweating, your work. breath. Yeah. And it, so it takes your mind off of whatever those crazy thoughts were and you're shifted to that, sweating it out, right. you know, the, the warmth of the sauna. Um, now you're, you're breathing, things like that. That's actually so actually stopped a panic attack for me. Like that's mid- a really good
0: idea. I never yeah. thought about that. I, I, I guess I kind of assume that going into a sauna would create like more like anxiety because you feel like you're kind of suffocating because of the heat or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that makes sense. If you're if you go in there knowing that I feel like my mic sounds weird. No. Does this sound weird? No. <clears throat> um, if you go in there knowing like, OK, I just need to breathe, focus on that. Yep. And then you can get through it. Like, that, that's probably everything. Yep,
1: and your, your body shifts from focusing on all those crazy, irrational thoughts that were bouncing around in your head to now you're in a infrared room. I have an infrared sauna, um, and now I need to focus on cooling the body down. We need to sweat. We what... need to go through our, like, normal physiological mechanisms in a sauna. And so it kind of shifts it for your body.
0: What's better, like a wet sauna or a, um, a infrared sauna?
1: Um. I prefer the infrared um, for two reasons. One, in the home, it's a lot less maintenance. Okay. Because you don't have to have the hot rocks and pour the water and everything. It's just turn it on. <laughs> like right. It's just an electric you know, thing. You turn it on, it warms up within five minutes, um, and it's good. Um, I also don't like the wet saunas for the exact reason that you just said, where you feel like you can't breathe like it, because the room is actually hot. Where infrared, the room is not really that much hotter. It's, I don't even know how it works. Um, Like you can have your phone in there and it doesn't really heat up. Like it's, it's heating up, um, not through the air, but through like the infrared panels. Um, So it's a different feeling, but in the regular saunas, I get like that where I'm like, oh my God, I'm suffocating. Right. Like I can't breathe. It's 180 in this room and our sauna is 140 and I'm sitting in there. Like I would be sitting right here, but I'm dripping wet. Like. And so I'm sweating profusely, but ha, have I don't. you
0: noticed any other benefits from the sauna from sauna um,
1: use? I know there are i mean there's there's a ton of benefits. They say that there's a study um, out there that thirty minutes in the sauna is the same as a thirty minute cardio workout for your heart
0: I'm getting a sauna
1: in, in an infrared <laughs> sauna in an infrared okay again, I don't know all of the mechanisms behind that, but in infrared specifically so 30, and that's, I mean, it's for people too that are like just getting into fitness and mm-hmm. struggling and, and whatnot. The sauna is huge. Um, yeah. Benefit helps, wise, helps
0: you sweat out all the toxins in your mm-hmm. body. Yeah. And you like, feel great afterwards. Yeah, it's a good way to detox.
1: Mm-hmm. And it, it does raise your heart rate. Yeah. So it's, it is like you're starting out, a, um, like going for a walk. You're right. You know, and so for somebody that's new to fitness, that can be a good way to kind of intro.
0: Do you ever do yoga? I do. In the sauna?
1: Um, I don't have room in my sauna.
0: No. Okay.
1: Um, for yoga, but uh, I do like yoga. Actually, I love hot yoga.
0: I love hot yoga too. And
1: I haven't been since COVID because they were requiring masks and I just, I can't imagine. You
0: can't do hot yoga with with a mask. Yeah. (laughs) That's impossible. The amount of
1: sweat that comes through. (laughs) Um, but I, I do really enjoy hot yoga.
0: Uh, we've gone to East Lansing hot yoga Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, we love it. I, I even took my friend who's severely overweight um and he went because you know anybody can do yeah. yoga i mean it's not like a level thing it's right. you just do whatever you can do right. and uh he came out of there <laughs> he came out of there drenched in sweat yeah. and he's like trying to do like downward dog and slipping. he's like slipping and yeah, yeah it's one of the best feelings coming out of there covered in sweat
1: it is and and that's why i love our sauna because yeah. you come out of there and it's like you just sweat out everything from the past week or you know whatever how long it's been um and you're like renewed and refreshed and
0: and it's almost as i would say it's i'd say it's better than doing cardio like as far Mm -hmm. as how you feel when you come out of there like like if you went to went into a workout and you were stressed and you had anxiety or whatever and um you know you feel good afterwards but when you go into a hot yoga session and you struggle in that class and you come out all covered in sweat. You don't yeah. give a fuck about anything. <laughs> I I know
1: it, hot yoga is because not only are you you're getting that the sweat from the heat and whatnot, but yoga yep. alone right. is very beneficial. Yeah, like mind body everything. Yeah, you know. So the combination of that when you walk out, you're like a whole different person. Yeah, I love it. I, I think everybody should do hot yoga.
0: I agree. <laughs> I, I recommend it all the time. Um, I actually haven't done it in a couple of years, but. I need to.
1: I know. I was, I was going to look recently and see if they were still requiring the masks um, to get back into it. But.
0: Yeah, I, I enjoy it. And then it makes me feel like I'm not doing enough when I see some of the yogis in there <laughs> <laughs> who are like shirtless and they're in the front of the class. I know. And they're doing handstands before the class.
1: <laughs> I know. But as long as like you're getting the stretch out of it, like you said, that you don't have to meet a certain like threshold yeah. to do it.
0: Do you do any, like, meditation or anything?
1: Sometimes. Um, and that's uh, one of other thing my therapist said because I was like, I don't know how to meditate. And she's like, when people tell me they don't know how to meditate or they suck at meditating, those are the people who need to meditate. <laughs> because even in, like, the hot yoga classes, when the it's the time to just sit there and breathe, yeah. I'm, like, looking around. Like, I'm that person <laughs> that, like, can't relax. And I'm like—
0: So you can't go to church and pray? What are we—like, I'm really bad at focusing
1: <laughs> And, um, but actually when I do meditate it's in my sauna, okay, that's, that's typically when I will do it.
0: So you're, you're already focusing on your breath mm-hmm. and, and staying focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I remember the first time I went to hot yoga, it was the first time I ever meditated too. It was after the class, you're laying there, yep, you're that, relaxing <laughs> that's when I'm like... and they're doing like a kind of a guided meditation. Yeah. And I was focusing on my breath work and then all of a sudden, like it, it was weird because it felt like I was laying on a beach yeah. Like, and I was like picturing it in my mind. And then the class was over and then there's like, I snapped out of it. I'm like, yeah. Whoa, I want to go to a beach. It's crazy. <laughs> it is and crazy.
1: You can actually, um, said I don't do it too often, but I have gotten to the point where it's almost like a, like a high, like a, where you're just in a whole different
0: state of mind State of mind. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a very different, mind shift yeah not a high where you're like going crazy but like no no you feel this like
0: it's like a euphoria about you yes that's what
1: i'm looking for very euphoric feeling yeah and then all of a sudden like you can when they like are done you snap and you're like whoa (laughs) like
0: (laughs) where am i it's almost like being hypnotized yeah it's weird yeah real strange
1: yeah but it it has huge benefits for people
0: yeah um could you ever see yourself as a yogi no
1: (laughs) no I, i love it but I'm I'm more of the the lifter and yeah the, like I said it, but when I when I'm resisting yoga, that's when I make myself do it, because I know if I'm resisting it, that means I'm resisting being in my thoughts. That means right. I'm resisting calming down, which means I need to do it. Yeah. So I I try to incorporate it.
0: I think a lot of people don't like yoga because it can be very difficult. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're doing poses that you've never done before or stretches, and then, um, you're not able to do it, but you see other people doing it. It it can be so discouraging, Mm -hmm. but the benefits of keep doing it, just keep going, just keep going is tremendous. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, the, not only the physical benefits of yoga, everything opening up. I mean, there's, there's, um, studies on yoga and how it helps even like organs which is Mm -hmm. crazy you know like you wouldn't you're like how does that even relate but it does yeah um and then obviously you know the stretching the breath work everything that comes along with it has enormous benefits
0: i i created a workout plan for my my dad last week and one thing i was telling him was like you should do yoga because he has like back problems Mm -hmm. and whatnot and i'm like it it would be very beneficial for you i would Highly recommend anybody do yoga like before lifting weights because you're focusing on your balance and you're working those muscles that are necessary. Yep. And, uh, but the the thing is, is a lot of people look at like yoga or like weightlifting or running or any form of cardio as like separate things. Like, okay, I'm a runner, so that's what you do. Or I'm a weightlifter, that's what you do. Or you're a yogi, you can, you can only do those things. Where I think it's beneficial to do everything. Oh, absolutely. And it mixes it up.
1: Absolutely. And and that's also where if you don't mix it up, your body will plateau.
0: Yeah. If you're doing the same
1: thing and being like, I'm not getting progress, that that's why. You have to change it up. Even if you're only a lifter, you have to change up your lifts. Yeah. If you're only a runner, you have like there's your body will just get used to what you're doing and you'll stop progressing. Yeah. And so when you start to if you're always a lifter and then you do a yoga class or you're using muscles that those small muscles that you don't even know you have. Like, you're (laughs) like, where is this coming from? And those small muscle groups. But then that now opens up the door for benefits in those other areas.
0: And it makes you, makes you appreciate it more too. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I I, I'd mentioned the last time on the podcast with you that my wife was doing bar workouts and I did a bar workout with her and I'm like, this is hard. I mean, people look at like ballerinas, like, okay, this is, they're, they're ballerinas. Yeah. But it takes a lot. Yeah. It takes a lot was, to stand on your on the tips of oh, your toes. absolutely!
1: Like that one that – um because, <clears throat> like, Michael's done a few of them with me, and there was one – it was a glutes workout, and it was with resistance bands. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, a week. He was like, I <laughs> still feel that. And I was sore for, like, a day, but I had been doing that sort of stuff for Right, a while. right. And, I mean, he's a professional UFC athlete that yeah. trains I don't even know how many hours – a week but it those but he doesn't train those little muscle groups all the time right and so when he did that and he was sore for like a full week and he's like this is no joke like <laughs> i'm still struggling to walk like and he'll tell any i mean it's you know that's where when people with my at-home workouts and it's like you can't get um results at home and I'm like, you can, you definitely can, or you don't even need weights. Yeah. Mean, we talked about this before. Like you can, there's so much you can do just with do yoga, just your body Body weight. Yeah. That is incredible. You don't need a full set of weights. Yeah. You know, it, there's so many things that you can do and you can do it in 20 to 40 minutes. Yeah. you also don't need hours upon hours no. to do it.
0: And that's one thing I was just telling my dad because he, he had messaged me. He's like, Hey, can you train me in kettlebells? And I'm like, yeah, I'll train you in kettlebells. Come on over. I'll I'll yeah. show you some things. And then he came over, and I'm like, "You don't need kettlebells. You need body weight. That's yeah. what you need."
1: Yeah, that's that's how you start out. And yeah,
0: and there's no there's no shame in that at no, all.
1: No, absolutely not.
0: Because I still do body weight stuff mm-hmm. sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's still like even in my workouts, there's things that I modify. Yeah, that I, I'm like, okay, that's that's too much. You know, I just need body weight. Um, I've had three shoulder surgeries. Really? And <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, Holy cow! From what? From cheer.
1: Um, and so there's still the last one that they did because I the second one on my left, um, they were concerned about it tearing again, and so they purposely like really tightened it, so it's almost like forward, and so the range is on purpose shorter, so that it doesn't tear again. Oof. So there's certain workouts that I can't do like overhead press. um i can do overhead push-ups is a big one okay um because that position like where it's open right here is where it was torn oh, and so okay. i have to keep it narrower um Oof. or do them on my knees so that i can keep it more controlled right um and but again that's fine like if i'm doing 25 push-ups on my knees versus 25 push-ups on my toes i'm still getting a benefit right you know, and that's where I think people still sometimes if they aren't doing it all, then they're like, I'm just not going to do it. Right. I'm like, but you're still getting, <laughs> you're still working out. Yeah. Like, yeah that's like st- me saying, I'm not going to do my like squats because I'm using 20 pounds where someone over here is using a 45.
0: Like, Or it's like saying, um, because I can't run a mile. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to run.
1: Right. But it's like,
0: it's something you train up to. Right. Yeah.
1: And you're still getting the benefit that whole time. You run around your block. It's right. still helping you. There's yeah. there's literally, at no point is it hurting you yeah. to do what little you're doing.
0: Sometimes, much you're doing. like if I'm not in running shape, because yeah. I don't like to run in the wintertime. Um, in the spring, I'll go out front and I'll just do sprints yeah. up up and down the, like to a couple driveways. Yeah. I'll just sprint as fast as I can. I'll do that for like a couple weeks. Yep. And then I'm back into running shape mm-hmm. and I can, I feel like I can go long distance. It'd be fine.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I just think that people don't like to push themselves. They don't like that that period of where they're struggling.
1: Uncomfortable. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. You have to go through the uncomfortable. But that's... You will never find um, that full sense of accomplishment and what you're truly capable of without going through uncomfortable. And how do you get to something that's rewarding without going through uncomfortable? It's what's rewarding about it? You didn't go through anything.
0: You didn't struggle. You didn't struggle. Yeah.
1: You know, the getting through the uncomfortable, getting through the hardships, getting through, that's how you progress. That's how you learn. That's how you develop. Where if it's just comfortable all the time, there's nothing that you're overcoming. There's, there's no, I climb the mountain feeling.
0: Well, and that's what makes me think too about um, you and Michael, your guys' relationship. I kind of want to talk about this aspect before we wrap this up, but um, Michael had quit. His job, yeah, a, a career job, a good job, good job to to pursue his um, training in yeah. in the UFC. And a lot of people, when they think of, think of the UFC or they think of like a professional athlete, when they hear that, they're like, "Oh, like you got money, like you're mm-hmm. you're doing good, like you're gonna make it, like you're at the top." But it's really not like it's that. It's not like that. It's not like that at all. No, it's the the struggle is real. Yes, you're you're, you're having to pay for your training and pay for. Probably flights back and forth to fights and all kinds of things. I'm sure. Yeah. What is what is that like? What is it like being the wife of a UFC fighter or a fighter in general?
1: It's um. There's obviously the the excitement piece, right? Like even when they're not in the UFC, um, because it is pretty badass. And <laughs> I mean, like he, being real. Um. So there's obviously an excitement piece and and whatnot. But there's so much more that people don't see there's so much more struggle that people don't see there's hours upon hours of of training and coming home and doing ice baths and um you know cbd lotions and stuff because everything is is so sore and getting up the next day and doing it again right. um and then there's obviously the the financial piece that you mentioned there's there is just because you've made it to the ufc that's the start yeah of getting there i mean that's it's obviously huge it's a huge accomplishment um Getting there is something that a lot of people will never do, so that's a huge, huge thing. But just because you're there, doesn't mean that you're at this like professional athlete. People think uh, financially, right? Um,
0: Another thing that comes to my mind is not just the like financial aspect of it, but also like the emotional aspect. Yeah. Because you, when you go into a fight, you're putting everything. I mean, in any any uh, pursuit. Right. Like if you're an athlete, you go to like a, a game, you're, you're giving it a, your all. Yeah. And if you go into a fight and you lose and you have to come home yeah. and you, you're dealing with the emotion side of that, what is that like for, to see like, a, what is it, what is, what is it like to see Michael go through something like that?
1: It sucks. It sucks. I mean, he's, he will be, um, quiet, you know, not really want to talk about it. It takes a couple days to process um i try to just give him the space to do it um actually it, there's only been really one loss since we've been together um which was the last one because with the when he was on the ultimate fighter he was in that like we we didn't have any method of communication right um so i didn't know about anything until after he was already home um so i've only had to be there really for the the one time but it's it sucks and you you watch like all of those hours and sweat and literally blood yeah. and tears and everything that's poured into it. And then it, it is just kind of like that defeat of you went through all of that. Yeah. And that's what you walked away with. And then, um, or the fighters that, you know, they go through that over and over and over again, win loss, win loss, chasing that dream and they never get there. And it, there's so much struggle. <clears throat> With it,
0: and that it makes me think too, because like a lot of people, when they go through a, a hard situation, mm-hmm. whether it's a, it doesn't need to be like a physical thing, but like you know, if they didn't get a, a raise at a job yeah. or something, it makes them want to give up. Mm-hmm. They don't want to pursue that anymore. They're like, you know what, I suck. I just can't do it. Yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, for a fighter, I imagine that's got to be really tough because like, uh, for me, it's tough like mm-hmm. to to fail at something. Mm-hmm. I w- I think I would feel like a complete failure.
1: And and, and the, the a lot of them have, you know, friends and family saying like what are you doing? Like you're never going to make it big in this. Like why are you spending fuck those all friends of your- and family. <laughs> right. <laughs> but like why are you spending all of your time, money, effort, you know, like those there's fighters that lived out of their cars, they lived in gyms like yeah. chasing that dream that most people doubted them that they'd ever make anything yeah. of themselves doing it. And um, obviously to be a fighter, there's gotta be some level of, of, confidence. Um, but they have to fully believe that they're going to get there someday. And I'm one of those people that is, um, in a lot of situations, if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to prove you wrong. Mm, um, I like that. but in other situations I can be where I'm like, okay, like I'm just not going to do that because I've never, we kind of talked about this last time. I've never had a dream like that where I'm going to give up essentially everything to chase this dream yeah you know i i i've never had anything where i'm like i would give up all of the comforts in my job and my you know to to chase this so i respect the hell out of it um it's hard for me to understand just because i have never had something that um important of a dream that i'm going to go chase um
0: do you think it had something to do to the fact that he did have like a career job and he realized that you know this isn't something I want to do maybe forever. Like I, I want to have a life where I'm fulfilling something or I'm doing something that's fulfilling, you mm-hmm. know, like I'm, I'm chasing it like a dream. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of people, um, including myself, you know, you get stuck in a job and then you're stuck there. You, you don't have yeah. other options. You can't just go do whatever you yeah. want to go do. Cause you have responsibilities. Yeah. You well, can't. and
1: actually he, he loved his job. Um, he wanted to work. He wanted to just take an unpaid leave of absence and come back and work. He's always worked while fighting. Um, He loved his job. Like there, that wasn't even um, a thought of like, Oh, I'm going to quit. Like he was essentially forced to quit um, because they said no. Yeah. The company said no. And so he was like, well, if you're, I'm going to go do this. So like, I'm not going to shut the door on this opportunity. And I was the same. I mean, when he talked to me about it, that was my response too. It was like, no, you're absolutely going. What
0: was that phone call like? <laughs> hey babe. <laughs> it
1: was uh well, when we, cause we weren't sure we weren't sure. It was like months on end because of COVID, they kept changing the date. And then finally um, it was like down to the wire. His job was like, no, we're not doing this. And, but we obviously we had conversations like, what if they say no? And cause he kept thinking, I think they'll let me, I think they'll let me. And I was more, I don't think they're going to let you (laughs) Um, just from like the vibes that I was getting in conversations he was telling me about. And um, so we had to have the conversation of if they don't. And he's like, what, you know, I want to do this. And I'm like, no, you're absolutely doing this. I mean, to me, there is is zero hesitation in that like when something like that comes knocking you absolutely do not slam the door on that yeah you figure it out yeah like you have one life to live and this is a a huge opportunity whether or not you it takes you anywhere or not right like the things that you're going to learn and just the experience like you've got 10 years of experience in your job. You can come back and find a job. I'm not worried about that.
0: I mean, and it happens to every professional athlete. I mean, there's obviously people like in the NFL that that'll get signed and then they don't play and then they get let go and up like, you know, uh, the next season or whatever that happens all the time. Yeah, And then they just move on with life to not take that. You can't. Yeah, you can't, you have to take that. And,
1: and yeah, like there's been times of struggle and, and we've had to work some things out and whatnot, but I would, Like, I don't regret a second of it. It's, it's been, um, it's been hard, but it's also been really cool to watch him chase that dream and to be there and to be working for it. And now he has another fight, um, February 26th. I seen that coming out. Yeah. So, um, everybody watch, but, um,
0: (laughs) Well, well, it'll be on ESPN
1: ESPN plus, I think. Okay. Um, and so, like, to see things coming to fruition and actually yeah. happening and, and whatnot. Um, but there is that other side that people don't see of all of the struggles and whatnot um, to get there. Yeah. And everything, the heartbreak, you know, like you said, the, the emotional side of it. Yeah. Um, the highs, when you're, there's the really, really big highs of winning, and then there's the really, really low lows of, of losing or not getting there after Especially of especially
0: being in a professional sport when you listen to like talk radio shows that mm-hmm. talk about you losing and you're like, Oh my gosh, like you can't escape it. You can't
1: escape it. And you can't you're, escape and you're it on at all. in the UFC, like you're on the biggest stage there right. in the world right. for professional fighting. So like
0: Which is crazy to me that they don't get paid <laughs> unless they win. I mean, I don't want to like bash the UFC because I like the UFC. But it's it's crazy to me that they don't get paid anything.
1: No, you, you would get paid um like a stipend. Half. Oh, okay. So it's like, if you, um,
0: but shouldn't they get paid more for fights?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think they should. And The hardest part isn't exactly what they get paid for fights, but it's the time. You never know how long you're going to go right. between fights. So right. that's like, I almost would rather have it set up where like you made less during your actual fight. But if you're on contract, you're making like a set amount every month because, right. and I don't exactly know how you would do that, but operationalizing it, but like, cause if you have an injury or, um, there's just not good matchups or whatnot, I mean, you could go a year a, or two. A, yeah. However long without yeah. a fight. And if that's your income,
0: right. What do you, you do, know, do? That's,
1: and then you fight and you're not making a ton. We're not talking like NFL contracts here. Yeah. You know, we're talking like regular salary amounts and
0: you still have to train
1: and you have to make that last yeah. and then train. Yeah. So that's where it's, it's hard where, um, I do think that they should get more made, make more per fight, but also it's the the in-between fights that you're right. trying to make that little amount right. last, potentially not knowing when the next one is going to come up. Or what if you get hurt at practice? And then right. you have to have a surgery, and you're out for another six to nine months. And if that's your income, and that's all, you're waiting for the next fight, you know, that's that's tough. Yeah, that is and If tough. you don't have the support system, you know, like we're fortunate where I'm in a good position with the state. Yeah. You know, I can pretty much um, support us. Right. And so, but a lot of people don't have that and it's, it's hard. Yeah. That's
0: one thing I was, I was actually just telling my dad last week about, about you guys. (laughs) I'm like, you know, it's really cool to, well, I was telling him it's important to have a good support system. Um, it's important for your spouse to be supportive of what you're doing, what you're, what your dream is and chasing your dream and mm-hmm. helping you with it even. Mm-hmm. Um, And I, f- I found that extremely incredible that you were like, yeah, quit your job, <laughs> you know, quit your job, chase your dream. You'll yeah. never get another chance at this. Yeah. Even though you realized like what kind of struggles are going to come. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously you're an analytical person. You look oh, yeah. at it like probably like my, our bills are going to like, I was everything was like, like in my
1: head, you know, just what, all the things that were going to come up, but because we were also planning a wedding I mean, oh, we yeah, were that's right. paying for a wedding that we, I mean, it, we're already struggling to, to pay for it, you know? Because so, they're not cheap. They're not cheap, <laughs> right, exactly. So like full transparency, we were already in that position and then it was like, well, okay. But I just, this is a limited window. It's not like something that you can say like, oh, we'll do that later. Yeah. No, like, that doesn't work with yeah. fighting. It, it's, it's here and now. Yeah. And we have our whole entire lives to work. Yeah. So ride this out. We'll figure it out in the meantime. And then- you, like I said, you move on. Yeah. And, you know, when it's all said and done, whatever that means, whatever, wherever that amounts to, yeah. Um, then we'll figure it out from there. But it's, and even, um, with me on a much, much smaller scale, but like my workouts and getting into shape and the, the beach body stuff that I do and the, um, accountability community groups that I run and stuff like that, you know, Michael's always been extremely supportive in it. You know, somebody I came from, when we met, like I was not working out, not in shape at all,
2: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: very weak and, um, trying to build everything back up. And he was never, he never made fun of the home workouts. He never was like, Oh, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Or, you know, which like, that's a huge thing too. Like if you've got somebody that's constantly, like bashing what you're trying to do Mm -hmm. when you're trying to build up. Like that's, it continuously can put you back backwards and backwards. I
0: I typically see that with like people who um, are losers, (laughs) people who don't like have any like goals or Mm -hmm. like they aren't doing anything physical they have no physical struggle. They don't understand like what it takes to, to like put all your energy and time into something to better yourself.
1: Yeah. And so that having that support, from him too was yeah. huge. Like just being like, Oh, like nice. You just did 30 minutes. Like it, having just that constant, it was it, the lack of the negativity with it, I guess. in it, in supporting any little bit that I was doing.
0: Oh, I think it would be difficult too, like, or easy, I should say for a, a pro- professional athlete to be like, Oh, you just did 30 minutes. Exactly. Like I, I just got done doing two hours he on did, the mats. And
1: <laughs> that's what he could have said. I mean, right. that's the mentality he could have taken. Um, but that's, that's not what he did, you know, and he would do some with me and just cheer me on the whole, the whole step of the way. And, um, and so I think for some people in those situations where they may be getting some of that negative feedback, it is harder to, to overcome. Um, but I also tell those people that you're not doing it for them. Your goal is your goal, not their goal. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what their thoughts are on it. It's, it's yours, not
0: theirs. Yeah, it just adds that extra support when you have somebody there to help you. Yeah.
1: It does. Um, so we like I said it's a much smaller scale. Um, but we do really try to support every single facet of, of what we're doing. And um I may have not progressed to the level that I did, you know, without his support um with it either. And and like I said, the, the community that I have doing the workouts with me is huge too. Um, I just did like a three day detox thing, um, through Beachbody and I did it with a friend and that was huge. Like texting throughout it cause it was very limited on things that we could eat. Um, and when you're like opening your fridge and you're like, I want that, but to be able to text somebody and be like, no, like stay away from it. And, you know, just helping each other out, um, is nice. Or like, did you do your workouts today? Just having that sense of accountability and community. Yeah,
0: Having accountability is everything um, we used to do these fitness challenges at work with Mm -hmm. like a group of guys.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) It was almost like we would, we would just shame each other and we would just talk (laughs) shit to each other. We'd just be like, Oh, look at you, you fat fuck. Like, cause we would do the in body tests and we'd do like get all our measurements. And then at the end of like 30 days or whatever it was, we would see who put on the most muscle mass. And it was like based on percentages and whatnot. And, um, yeah, at, we would always talk shit, and then the loser had to buy everybody dinner. And oh, there yeah, you go. Yeah. So it's always important. I think it's important to do those things. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I was telling somebody the other day, my wife and I used to work out together at um, the kettlebell gym, yeah. and it added like some sense of uh, like accountability and it helps push you. Yeah. Because you have somebody there who's also struggling going through it with you. Yep. And it, it adds like a, like a, I don't know, like, um, like a challenge, like not a challenge, but like, uh, I don't know.
1: There's a different element than if it's just you.
0: It's like competition a little bit, like you're competing with that person a little bit. It's fun. Yep. Yeah.
1: And that was actually, I mean, one of the reasons I became a coach through Beachbody was one, I wanted to, um, show other people that they were also capable you know, like where I came from, thinking I could never do these things, and I did right. it. So I wanted other people to experience that, and that you can experience it without huge commitments, going to the gym, you know, things like that. Right. Um. And so, but then also I did it to hold myself accountable. Yeah. I'm like, if there's other people looking to at me to stuff, then like I need to make sure I'm staying on track. Yeah. You know, and it, it's helped me stay consistent with it and not let myself you know fall into those um, ruts that we sometimes let ourselves sink into. Right. Right. So it's having that piece is, is,
0: huge. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? Any, any, any inspiring words that you want to provide?
1: Um, I don't know. I think just kind of the, the basis of everything, um, with my fitness and my change and whatnot. Um, a couple things is stop weighing yourself. Yes. Um, I think we said on the last podcast, you had asked me how much weight I had lost in my yeah. transformation and yep. the answer was zero. Um, stop weighing yourself. That is not the indication of your health or your fitness level. Um, I am much more in shape. My body is very different looking, um, but I'm the same exact weight. So think about your non scale victories. Are you lifting heavier? Are you running longer? Are you running shorter, to, you know sprinting faster? Whatever it is for you, right. that's your focus, not your weight, um, especially for women. That's a huge, huge thing.
0: It's a huge, huge thing. Huge problem.
1: Um, and because our bodies as women are, are designed to hold on to weight, um, more weight. So if you are focusing on that, you're never going to be happy with it. Right. Look at everything else besides your weight. Um, and then the other piece of it is like everybody starts somewhere. No matter where you start. I don't care if you're doing one squat a day or one push-up a day. Everybody starts somewhere and I literally started from nothing. (laughs) Um,
0: So I think it's important to start from nothing. Yeah. I mean, because then you learn like, okay, this is where I'm at. Yeah. This, this sucks. I I don't want to be here again.
1: Yes. And when I do start to like sink down of like going a week or something without working out and I feel awful again and I remember the feeling of what I feel like when I do work out and I'm like, I need to get back there. That's my motivation. Not like, oh, I feel like I'm like. Gaining weight again, right? Or no, it's going to get back to that feeling of being fit and being strong and healthy and energized. Yeah, you know, that's what you're shooting for, and that everybody can get there. There, there's everybody has a starting point, and stop comparing your starting point to others or where you're at in your journey to others. Yeah, you know, and people, I get questions and stuff all the time. But I'm two years in right now, so the weights that I'm using now, are triple what they were two years ago. Right, you know. So I right. started out using. Little to no weights because I physically couldn't. Right, you know. So now that I I was using a ten, now I'm using a thirty. Like, but that was if you only look now, that's what you're seeing. Yeah. But if you look back through the whole progress, I was starting out with zero weights because I couldn't do weights. Um. So everybody's going to have a different journey. The timeline's going to be different, and then also your body shape. Um. I get comments and questions and stuff about that where I struggle um gaining lower body muscle. I can do like 10 shoulder presses and I'm going to gain shoulder muscle. <laughs> but I can do 2000 squats and nothing's going to change. Wow. Like it's just a or it's going to take a lot longer. Are
0: you one of those girls that like I need to get my butt bigger? No. No, you don't have a complex about that?
1: No, not really. Because
0: um, I think that's an, another hindrance for a lot, especially women, right? Yeah. Like, they want to they wanna work their, their legs. They want yeah. everything to look toned. So they'll do a lot of, like, lower body stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's obviously, like, you want to have that toned figure and, and yeah. whatnot. Like, I, I'd be lying if I would say, like, that didn't matter at all to me. Um, but, but that's
0: not what it's about. No. It, yeah. For
1: me, it's the strength Piece of it, right? And you, if you're focusing, that's the thing too. If you're focusing on getting stronger, everything's going to come. If your focus is, I'm going to lift more, I'm going to run more, I'm going to do this, those physical attributes that you're looking for will come. But when you're focused only on those, then you're not going to see them like you want to see them.
0: It's a balance act. Mm-hmm. You got to balance everything, and that's that's why, like I recommend, like I said before, yoga and doing everything, yep. do do everything because you'll benefit. Like all around. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So that's just your journey is your journey. Your yeah. body is your body. It's going to respond differently than everybody else's. Yeah. Um, so just keep going on where you're at, whether that's day one, day 300, you know, whatever it is um, that just be consistent with yourself. And basically, screw all the haters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of that message. But um, and and find things to challenge yourself. I we talked about our um, goals at the last podcast, and I am officially am running a half marathon in really? August. Really, and awesome. And part of the reason for that that I finally said yes to it is not only is it a a, a huge goal, right? Like to say you're in a half marathon, but I hate running, literally, like. Despise running with every ounce of my being. <laughs> I hate it so much. And but that's why I'm doing it. Because not only am I getting the accomplishment of running the half marathon, I'm getting the accomplishment of every single minute that I wanted to not walk outside and run.
0: Yeah. Every
1: single day that I had to go train, that I wanted nothing more than to go back inside my house. <laughs> so I'm pushing that's a new challenge for me to push myself beyond the barrier of not only. I've never ran more than like five miles. So I'm not only...
0: Five miles is pretty good. That's like one
1: time like <laughs> in my life. Um, it's usually like two to three. But so I'm <laughs> 10 more miles than that. You know, like right. I've never even been close to a half marathon length. Um, so not only to accomplish that feat, but then the whole piece leading up to it, the training, the running outside when I absolutely just want to go back in. like
0: And it's kind of conquering a fear, not necessarily a fear, but like maybe like, like you... Maybe you fear running, like I you just hate it. don't want to I don't do, want to do it, it, but you're, you're conquering that.
1: And and that's part of the reason why I was like, okay, I need to do this. Yeah. Not only just because it's, it's been a bucket list item to say that I accomplished it because it's, it's cool, but I need to do it because I need something. I need to conquer that. Right. I right. need to like silence the piece of my mind. That's literally every time it's like, you could never run a half marathon. You're not a runner. Why are you even doing this? There's right. always that critic. And I know that people that struggle with fitness always have that whether it's running, lifting, that's like, you're not gonna be able to do that. You can't lift that. Yeah, There's no way you can do that. And for me to say, basically, like, fuck you, little voice in my head, <laughs> I'm going to go do this. And once you start conquering the things like that, it applies to every aspect of your life. Once Absolutely. Once you learn that you can do that.
0: It makes everything so much easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you might not want to go to work then, but it makes that easier. Yeah,
1: everything. Once you yeah. Once you learn what you can conquer in your life, You're like, okay, what else could I Right. What else can I conquer? That that voice, that doubtful voice, starts to be silenced. Yeah. And the the feel the empowerment that comes along with that is is huge. Like I can't even put it into words, that feeling.
2: Yeah.
1: That and it's my own one I have a um kind of like a life fear of going through life, not realizing what I was capable of. To me, that's much more scary.
0: Is that a newer fear since you started getting in shape and stuff. Yeah,
1: it is. And then also with COVID too, and where like the world shut down, we were all afraid, all of that. And then it was like that realization that you never, you literally never know what's going to happen. We never would have said the whole world would have shut down. Nobody would have said that. Yeah, And so you'd literally never know what's going to happen. And so it's a, it is a newer fear where I'm like, I'm going to, I'm just going through my life. Like in the motions like not even realizing what i i can do as a person like right what like to me i'm like oh my god i'm just what am i doing
0: and i think so many people get stuck in that pattern too like just the mediocre of life like they just go through life like i gotta go to work gotta come home take Mm -hmm. care of kids it's just the same old Mm -hmm. same old every single day instead of chasing a goal or a dream Mm -hmm. um it it, it's kind of an eye-opener like especially when somebody dies you, you think about like like I had a, a coworker who died uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he was like one of the first people I ever met when I started at GM. He was like a huge mentor. Mm-hmm. And I got to thinking like you never know when
2: mm-hmm.
0: you never know when you're going to die. Like no. I, I could die tomorrow.
1: I've had uh, three people recently pass um, away young, um, yeah. young ish. Yeah. Um, and it's like yeah, they weren't planning on that, right. you know. Right. Um, and it's like some of these people were only 20 years older than I am. Wow. And uh, actually all three. And so I'm like, oh, my God, thinking you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I, it could be even less time than that. Yeah. Like you just don't know. And so I'm like, what? I need to be out there living and, and, and fully living And that, what that means is not going through the motions, being present in the moment, realizing what you're capable of conquering things, getting to the top of that mountain and, you know, whatever it is for you individually. Yeah. Um, you, you really have no idea what tomorrow is going to bring. And I think that that stuck feeling and that, that blah feeling, um, just ends up being people's demise. You need to break free, break free from, from that and discover, what what do you like? What do you want to do? Yeah, you know what do you enjoy? Right. What what do you have a goal? Why don't you chase it? Yeah. What's stopping you? And 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 I'm guilty of it. You know, we we put it off. We're like, it's I'll so do that easy later.
2: Too.
1: And I don't have time for that right now. And you know, I'll someday. But like, what when someday?
2: Right. Right. When when is
1: someday? Because we don't. Is someday gonna come? Yeah. Are you just gonna keep saying someday? Yeah. Or I don't have time. I'll do it when I have time. And you know. Even the daily stuff of working out. I don't have time to work out. Yes, you do. I, I guarantee you, you do. You
0: always have time to do something. You know, even
1: today, I almost caught myself before coming here. I almost convinced myself <laughs> I didn't have time to work out before I came here. And then I was like, this is ridiculous. Yes, I do. Like,
0: I'm going to tell you, I convinced myself that I didn't have time to work out. But, see, but I didn't, in all fairness. I didn't. I woke up at like 8.30. I'm like, podcast is at 11. I need to set up. Yeah. My workout takes way longer. Yeah, I don't have time. Right. I'll do it after.
1: Right. But you're, but you, <laughs> you're like, okay, then I'm going to... Promise myself I'm gonna do it after. Yeah, but for me, I was like, I, I do have time. Like I can make this work. right, right. And but I almost convinced myself I didn't, and that's the cycle. But you yeah. just you have to continuously, you know, break free from it. And it's always a work in progress. You know, like I said, I'm I'm still guilty if I did it today. Yeah, um, it's
0: an easy thing to do. It's, it's a, a human thing to do.
1: Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, I know that's a very slippery slope. But like once I start <laughs> saying that, I'm gonna be right back down. Yeah, and that's not where I want to be.
0: Right. So. Well, thank you for doing this. We're an hour and twenty-five minutes in. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, Yeah, let's wrap this bad boy up.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's absolutely thank you.
0: My, uh, I didn't have audio problems this time, but my camera stopped working. I don't know why. Oh man. Yeah. So, but it got you. So perfect. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you.